Welcome to a whole new episode of Faith in the Everyday podcast. Welcome back to Radio Maria Australia. You're listening to the Good Morning Show, and it's time for our Faith in the Everyday segment. And today we have a very special guest in the building, Ricky. Ricky, how are you going, bro? Yeah, good. Thanks, John. How are you? Good, good. Now you um apparently you're meant to go to work today, but you had a there was there was a whole hold up for you at the freeway. Uh, there was too much traffic, so I just had to work from home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where do you work? So I work at RMIT, and uh, I work in uh, research, and oh, we wow. research the brain. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yes. What about the brain? So I could know what do you look for and. Um... Yeah, it's a good question. We've got uh, two overarching projects. Yeah. Uh, one is looking at this thing called cortical folding. So that's uh, basically, a, have you seen a picture of a brain, how it's all squiggly? Yes. Yeah, yes. so those uh, squiggles are called uh, gyri and sulky. Mm-hmm. So it's basically, um, we don't know how the or why necessarily the brain folds the way that it does. So we look at like different development stages yeah. and how that happens. Yeah. And the other project is looking at um, this new drug and its ability to rescue brain impairments caused by this thing called intrauterine growth restriction. So mm-hmm. that's basically during pregnancy, yeah. baby doesn't get enough blood flow and they're born with a little bit underdeveloped brains. I so see. we're hoping that this new drug can um, rescue those brain impairments. That's crazy. I want to sort of dive into all of that right now, um, Ricky. You mentioned how you said you don't know why the brain folds, right? Are there questions like, you know, in science where you can't explain? And what do you, what does science do with that? Like, what do you do with that when you go, okay, I can't explain why the brain folds. What is that, you know, what do you do with that, that I guess, mystery in science? Oh, so I guess, um, you know, that's a, that's a good question <laughs> like, and, and I'll weave my faith into it too, yeah. but, um, the scientific way to look at it is, um, we essentially, we look at all the literature, what's out there, what do we know? Mm. And, uh, we come up with a question that we want to devise and, um, we make an experimental model and we, we test it. We make a hypothesis and we test it. Usually the results are not what you expect. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and then we take a step back and say, look, this is why it was what I thought. This is why it wasn't. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, we're always left with more questions than uh, answers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I suppose the, the part I'd comment on is um, like my faith journey as I, when I was young, I was, um, so I was born and raised Catholic and uh, up until I would say I was about 15 or 14 or 15 years old, yeah. I, I didn't really care for it. I, you know, I, my parents would take me to mass every Sunday and yeah. we do all the things we do family prayer, sit down. And, um, I was at a lot of odds with my dad because I'm like, what's this, what is God? You know, science explains everything. Mm. We have all the answers, you know? <laughs> and he's, uh, he's like to me, well, you know, how does gravity work? And you know, little year nine me trying to explain it to him. He doesn't care. <laughs> And um, what I've come to learn over the years is um, that science and faith or science and religion are not opposite, but two sides of the same coin. Mm. And um, my growth in my faith has complemented my growth in my scientific career as well. The more I've learned in science, the more it helps me to become a, a, a better child of God. And the more I continue my 
faith journey, the better it helps him become a good scientist as well. That's incredible. I want to, Ricky, I want to open that a bit more, but I don't know how much you can give. But you just mentioned that. That's profound. Being a, it seems like they complement each other, you know, like there is no conflicting. How would you say that happens? You know, why do you go, being a scientist makes me a better child of God and vice, you know, vice versa? Like, why do you say that? Well, because, look, um, so a lot of science comes with um, a lot of bias, right? I've been leading, reading a few books on uh, some of the biases that we tend to be prone to. And um, one, for example, is that um, we, as, as researchers particularly and, and, you know, experts in their fields, yeah. the more you become an expert, you might have heard of the um, Dunning-Kruger effect where when someone doesn't know too much about something, they're really confident because they don't know how much they don't know. <laughs> and, then, and then when you start learning about something, your confidence goes down because you realise how much you don't know. Mm. And uh, when you become an expert, then your confidence tends to grow proportionally. But, and, and this is the more common thinking, but what I recently found is also that the same problem exists on the other end of the spectrum. As people become more experts, they overestimate their understanding and knowledge in a yeah. particular field because they think they know it all. And the problem, and, and, and I think the way that I see my faith complementing that specific example is that I have no control or understanding over pretty much anything. And I've relinquished all of that to God, mm. right? And when I can do that, it doesn't matter if my day or my experiment or any one part of my life doesn't go the way that I want it to. I know that it, there's there's a greater meaning. There's a bigger purpose. I yeah. need to let go, give it up to God. And that's just like, that helps me to yeah. understand the universe and the world in a better yeah. way. That's Another way I put that is that um, I like to think of like science is is the things that we that we know. We, it's in this sphere mm. and it's con constantly expanding. Mm. You know, we're constantly reaching out, and learning more about everything. But um, God is the, is like like way <laughs> big. You know, I mean, I guess you can't hear it. I mean, <laughs> can't you can't see, see me. Sorry, but it's it's like this much larger sphere that encapsulate everything that ever is or was. And we use science to try and get closer to God mm. in growing our sphere of knowledge into that greater sphere of everything that God is. Wow. That's, that's how I see it anyway. Yes. Oh, man. Ricky, you, I'm learning so much listening to you right now. <laughs> like, honestly. We, again, we use science to get to know. That's incredible. Someone said to me, and, and I, I would like to know what you think about this sentence, um, faith answers the why and science ask, answers the the what and how do you agree with that statement faith answers um, the why and, and and science answers the what and, and how you know i i think I, I can't say that i disagree with it but i think uh, i have heard that myself too and mm. i think it might be an oversimplification because there's lots of ways that science answers the the why as well mm. you know why does the brain fold that is <laughs> this true. is what we look at them molecular mechanisms but there's a lot of what and how that religion answers as well at the same time but that it comes back to your morals and your life and your guiding compass and um you know i, I would i can't really agree yeah, or disagree with yeah, that statement I like because that, i think yeah. it's a bit of an oversimplification yeah, they're all at the end of the day they're all they're all sort of merged the hows the whys the whens that you know exactly they all, they all happen exactly. um Ricky, you talked about your faith journey. I was going to ask you actually to share a bit about your background. So you were born, you were born here, were you? you were born, I was born in India, actually. Born in India. And when did you move? When did you move? 
I moved uh, to Australia in 2004 when I was six years old six with years my old. with my family. Yeah. How how was that move like? Was that was that um, easy for you to do? Was that like whoa, this is crazy? <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you. Let me ask that question with a story. Yeah. In a nutshell. So when I was uh, gone, I always, so English is my first language and, but my mother tongue is Malayalam mm. because I'm from the South of India, but I grew up in, in, in Kolkata, which is in the East. Oh yeah. And, yeah. uh, Mother I mean, was correct. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. My, my mum was a nurse in Kolkata and she actually went to care for Mother Teresa at one point in her That's career. Beautiful. That's beautiful. I know. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And um, so the day, and, and I used to have to take Hindi as a compulsory class mm. to like read and write and speak. And I never liked the subject. The script never made sense to me when I was little. Mm. And the day after I found out that I was moving to Australia, I, I, I don't have a memory of this, but my parents and family tell me, I went up to my Hindi teacher and said, I don't need to learn Hindi anymore because I'm an English boy now. <laughs> so- <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that's... Wow. Um, that's how I felt about yeah. Them. <laughs> so you were like, I am done. I am not. I'm not gonna get here anymore. I'm. I'm. Oh yeah. I'm already there. <laughs> <laughs> at six, by the way, this is at six years. Old. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Wow. So you came straight to Melbourne. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. Came straight to Melbourne. Um, yeah. Lived in Melbourne my whole Melbourne. whole life, really. Yeah. And then faith. So faith b- between zero to fifteen, you were not sure about. Like you, you were not. But but then you still went to church. You still went to to start pray with, with the parents and all that stuff. Isn't it? So you did all of that. And then when did that change happen for you? Yeah, yeah. So uh, something, yeah, that change happened. Yeah, probably as well, I think in year nine or ten. I think it was a fourteen, fifteen. It was through a Jesus Youth. Um, camp that I went mm. to, you know, retreat, the teens retreat. And, um, you know, in the years, honestly, after, so when I first moved to Melbourne, I lived in Mooney Ponds and I made some lovely friends when I was little. And then I moved to Caroline Springs in 2006 mm. and I moved to schools. So that's from 2006 to like really 2012. I did not have a good time. <laughs> My mental mm. health was in a very bad shape. Mm. I was very anxious and, um, you know, I was very, very anxiety prone and I still carry that with me this day. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of bullying. I didn't make too many new friends where I moved. And, um, that, that time in my life, I, I was, I'd probably say I was pretty vulnerable mentally, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, I was so fortunate in my life that I was lucky to find my faith, my current still very close group of friends and uh, I mean, I sp- spoke to a, a therapist yeah. and all three of these things happened at the same time to improve that. And I think in that my faith was probably the biggest part of that because yeah. it gave me a purpose. And I went to this camp and I experienced God for myself, especially during adoration and during, and, and I got to take part in a place where you can actually openly talk about your faith and yeah like argue against people and they're not just going to shut you down. They'll actually talk the reasons out with you. Here's another way to look at it. Mm. And um, Father Bonnie was running that retreat. Yeah. And something that stuck with me that I'll, that I'll, to this day is one of the first things he said was that, look, I'm going to tell you a whole bunch of stuff over the next three days. You take what you want, drop what you don't like. Yeah. But, and, and just the fact that I had that choice just just shifted my gears because I was going into this like, ah, oh, you know, I've been forced to come here. What is it going to be? Just going to get through the next three days. But at first, bang, right out of the, right out of the, at the gate, you know, he's just like, he's given me choice. Yeah. I was like, wow. 
<laughs> I've never experienced this in the faith context. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was a lot that I took and there's plenty that I didn't like that mm -hmm. later as I grew through my journey that I was like, it doesn't matter whether I like it or not. It's actually integral to the faith mm. because it's one big package. Yeah. Wow. And that was year nine. Yes. Year nine-ish. Yeah, yeah. What changed in you, Ricky? Like, you know, so having gone through all that, you know, that you went through, what changed? Like, were they drastic changes or were they more like a gradual change as you went through year 12 or then to uni? Like, you know. Uh, I would say it was more of a, a drastic change initially oh, yeah. and then and then it's gradual, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, I, you know, I remember the drive home after the retreat finished and I, I was just, I felt like all this weight was off my shoulders, wow. you know. I felt that I could cope. I felt that I am at peace with myself and, um, you know, and then there's lots of learnings over the journey between then and now that have helped me to grow mm. in every single way. Mm. And, um, you know, like I mentioned before, like that feeling of relinquishing control, not wanting to, not having to know everything and control everything. Like it, you just try your best and God will do the rest, yeah. you know, like yeah. we, we, sort of I think we tend to convince ourselves that we think we have control yeah. over things things in our life but not really like yeah. you know the world could explode tomorrow and could happen <laughs> and that's, and that's yeah. scary that's a very scary thing but it's, it's what we're called to do we're called to just surrender like you know hopes and dreams and stuff yes you know you surrender all of that because you have no idea what's going to happen you know? yeah and 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 John I, w I don't think that's scary I, because that's like I'm okay with that if that's what yeah. was supposed to happen that's what God wants to happen like that I'm the great yeah. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. and, and you know since then every person in my life you talk to they they they'd probably describe me and i'd say this that i'm i'm very optimistic i'm mm. i'm joyful all the time there was a yeah. mass um with our parish priest once and he was and it was during christmas time he's talking about the difference between happiness and joy mm. right he said happiness is fleeting but joy is a state you know you can be joyful all the time you can't be happy, happy all the all time, time. And, you know, just like understanding that that difference and being able to take that message, which was from the priest, but also from God, you yeah. know, and yeah. and I'm, again, able to carry that every day and, and pass that on to every person around me. Mm. Talking about that, actually. So I met you, I think I met you maybe last year or the year before, I'm not sure, at, um, at a Jesus Youth Teens or... I'm not sure what it, it is. Transcendence retreat, yes. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Now, talking about the whole idea of passing it to other people, um, I so I met you there and I was like, well, it was Ricky. I think it was 2021, I think, at the Don Bosco mm. Center. And um, you, first of all, when I saw you, I'm not going to lie, when I, I thought you were much older than you were because you, the way you carry yourself, the way you talk, the way you lead, I'm like, oh, you must have like 10 years of experience. You know what I mean? You must be one of them. But um, just knowing that you're actually, at the time, I think you were third year uni, I'm not sure, second year uni at the time. Um, what, what motivated you to, to do this, to, to, be, to minister, to minister to young people, to go to different and, and then even organize retreats, you know, or, or be one of the core members and, and have that passion to just instill knowledge, you know, um, to young people? Like what motivates Ricky to do that? Yeah, so that's a. Um, I'll, I'll sort of go back to your previous question to answer this as well. Yeah. And um, so I, my purpose was something that I found through that retreat was that I found healing in myself. Um, you know, by like I said, making my friends, finding my faith, and mm. talking to a therapist. And 
the way that I found that healing was because I learned to introspect to a large degree. And through that introspection and over many years, I found that what caused my anxiety was actually um, that I think like overthink and I think fast mm. all the time, like hundred kilometers an hour, you know, yeah. and having that understanding made me realize, okay, how can I manage this? So yeah. I, I learned to be more present in every situation. You know, there's so many sights and sounds and smells and, so many things going on in every moment and I learned to attend to those things. Yeah. So then what was my biggest drawback, like overthinking and worrying, then became the cause of that became my greatest strength because mm-hmm. now I'm I'm not overthinking. I'm actually attending to many things. Mm-hmm. I'm much more present. I'm in tune with other people. I remember more. I, I can pay attention to little details and sort of connecting that back. And I found my purpose which is that I want to give that to everyone, yeah. everyone to understand themselves and um, and use their own nature and way to become the best version of themselves. Mm. And that's the path that I've gone down in my career as well. So that's why I love, uh, I've always wanted to study the brain. Please. I was really interested in autism beginning at the early days. And it was because I knew someone with autism and mm. he was just brilliant when it came to dinosaurs. You know, he, he was pretty nonverbal. He wouldn't really interact or communicate with people. But from a young age, I thought he's actually so smart. You know, he knows so much, like better than experts. Yeah. And, but then why can't we, what, what, like there's nothing like just because he can't communicate with other yeah. people that shouldn't hold him back from being able to use his talents and, mm. And, and take part in what he wants to. Mm. And so I went, I wanted to study um, and do research yeah. into the brain. Yeah. And then um, after I finished my bachelor's, before I started my master's, I spoke to some researchers and connected that sort of with my own um, like purpose of, of helping other people and realized that it's not just autism. It's actually like so many mental health illnesses are yeah. caused by or, or have some root in um, people's ability to understand themselves and learn to work with their own nature, yeah. you know, and that we can do so much more to do that. And so my work with Jesus Youth has been, that's where it's been driven by. Yeah. That's where I want to do it because I found my purpose through my own, um, yeah, own, own growth. Mm. Yeah, growth and um, my own sort of what's the word <laughs> you yeah. know like my own development <laughs> yes and, and and i want everyone else to have that development yeah. and sort of and that's driven my career and all the things that i do through jy and everything yeah i'm sure you've met a lot of young people like doing ministry in jy and in in the west what would you say is the biggest um issue for like in your opinion you know facing young catholics young christians today like is it uni is it school is it the brain you know is it anxiety like you know in your opinion i would i would link it in with with faith you know and i think even um in like so i work with a lot of phd students now and some of the things i've seen is that um like i think what the faith often offers yeah to all of us is is a way of discipline is a way of of um controlling our behaviors mm-hmm. you know and our choices mm. because that's all we have control over our own attitudes and choices and i think that i suppose we are a society that's and it's just this human nature i guess but we're driven by hedonism 
And I think that's a real big problem. You know, we, we don't question our actions. We kind of just fall into these repetitive motions. That, and even though we might know that, that they're not necessarily good for us. And I, so, and, and those are the things that in the faith we call as sin. Yeah. And we're all prone to it. It's normal and, and it's okay. We'll always fall back, but we keep, we've got to keep trying, Yeah. you know, and that there's always hope. There's always love. There's always growth and maximum potential. There's a better you waiting in the future yeah, that yeah. you are going to become. But I think one of the biggest problems is that people sort of give up. You know, they don't, they don't, they lose faith in that ability for mm. themselves to improve and become their maximum potential. They don't know that they, maybe they, they don't think that they can be better, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it kind of ties into what you said about introspection, right? Like you had to be introspective. You had to go, okay, what is happening here? Um, and how can I improve? And if, if one is not introspective, how would they even know what's ha- like, you know, if they actually, if they can actually get better, you know, um, I think it was, was it Plato who said, um, a, an unexamined life is not worth living. It's a bit, a bit harsh, um, but it makes sense. Like if you don't examine your life, if you don't, if you're not introspective, there's no way you can, you can know if there's a better you out there or you can actually improve. Like if you were not, yeah, 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 exactly. And I think, um, like especially young people these days, and what I've seen is that they're very caught up in themselves. Mm. I've seen, you know, it's like that. I've seen that there's, and I found that my happiness comes when I forget about myself and and give, mm. you know, and it's a really hard line to teeter because I've tried to explain that to someone in the past, and they've said wait, that doesn't make sense. You should be looking after your own happiness. I'm like, no, no, don't get me wrong. You should be like working on yourself, yeah. you know? And um, like, I think it was in one of our um, prayer groups, we had this discussion on um, the best thing you can do for other people is look after yourself, <laughs> you know, because then, because then you are not, because inevitably in our society there are going to be people that need help and people that can provide help yeah in an ideal society no one needs help because everyone's helping themselves right <laughs> but okay. that's we're not in an ideal and equal and equitable society where everyone is in the same plane yeah. starting on the but we do have a lot of people that can be better empowered to help themselves before they go out and help other people mm, and i think if we yeah, and if we empower, you know, young kids especially with the skills and the ability to introspect and learn how to deal with other people and get comfortable with their morals and um, understand their own identity and, and, you know, define who they are, mm. then we would have a lot more people that can help other people yes. rather than having to be needed to be helped. Yes. I mean, again, going to that whole faith and um and science thing, right? I guess I was thinking about when you said faith um, and therapy and, and community were very important for for you to, I guess, come out of that or heal from that place of, you know, of, of, of brokenness that you, know, that you experienced when you were growing up. And I think it's very important that you actually mention that. You know, people who go, listen, just pray about it. Just pray, to, just pray, pray, pray. You'll be fine. You'll be healed. You know, I see, I went through, you know, stuff as well and I had to go to therapy, you know, myself and, Therapy, spiritual direction, prayers, faith, and community, they, all of that um, were important for me to actually heal. And I think it's important you actually say that. Why do you, like, do you reckon there is um, 
there is there's value in saying listen yes there is faith you can pray and you can get healed whatever but it's actually good you go to therapy as well faith in science again together you know oh yeah absolutely i can't remember who said it um but um i think it's one of the saints yeah said lots of things (laughs) they said that um prayer without action is a wish you know the prayer is important but that's got to be accompanied by behaviors and choices and actions that are in line with those prayers mm-hmm. you know there's there's that age-old story that probably gets circulated around whatsapp where there's you know there's a flood and someone's praying to god and then a boat comes and then <laughs> you yeah, know the person's yeah. like no no god's gonna help me and then another boat comes and then no, no god's gonna help me and then he dies and he says god why didn't why you did- i sent you a couple of boats why didn't you go you know <laughs> that is true it's, that is true yeah and and i think um we sort of have to balance out our um our faith with the 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 difficulties and the the stresses of real life and it can be a hard line it it is a hard line not can be it's always a hard line to navigate but i think um i always you know remember the our lord's prayer you know father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name and and this is my favorite part thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven so like that that part of it says that we are the actors to bring heaven to earth. And so we've got to give, and but mm-hmm. we've also got to use the, yes. what we've got, yeah. all of the facets around us yeah. and the opportunities that we have to as much as possible, make yeah. heaven on earth. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree where we are God's people on earth and we are in the world. And, uh, and again, one, one, I think one of the verse in the Bible that says, you know, we are, we are in the world, but we're not off the world, which means that no, we are not worldly people, but we are in the world, you know. So, and sometimes we can get caught up in like, oh, this is, you know, oh, no, no, actually, be grounded. And and God has God has given us the gift of science. And I, I remember talking to a psychologist actually on the show, um, Doctor Amanda, and I, I was saying to her, I was like, God has given you the gift of of studying psychology, the brain, to be able to help other people even come to the faith and go oh actually okay you know um so it's for me i i'm a big advocate for therapy counseling and faith and 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 pastoral care and all that stuff just in community as well you know having the right people around you to foster growth is important so again thanks for saying that on it ricky oh Um, no 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 100 percent. i'm absolutely believing that have you ever had a moment in your life where you go is there a god like what are you doing or question or or doubt you know in, in maybe in the hardest moments ever you know um where you go maybe not even question maybe just go what are you doing you know like <laughs> and how do you navigate that yeah you know um i suppose like um i had it all the time <laughs> you know yeah. constant True. up until <laughs> Yeah. Until until I found and my own had my own faith experience, and then from then on until now, it's at like you know decreased in frequency. And now it, I would say, like I feel that I've come to a place where I I don't question it in the sense that my I believe that when something happens that is not what I wanted, that it, there is a purpose to it, mm. and it doesn't like ultimately. We call it faith, right? It's not fact. It's no. faith because that's my belief. Yes. That's what I believe despite there being like evidence or not. It doesn't matter. I believe it. And I believe there is a God out there. And I believe there is a greater purpose. Mm. 
And it's one beyond any of us can even fathom. Yeah. And like when I go through those difficult times, I used to question, you know, why God? Why? And even in that first retreat, Father Bonnie said, you know, you're allowed to get mad at God. Mm. He's, he's your father. It's normal. It's okay. And I love that. And I've grown since then to understand that he said that because that was what was necessary for me at the time, right? But on he knew, I'm sure, full well that if I went on this path that I would get to where I am and continue to go now where yeah. I don't get mad at God. I'm like, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this difficulty that I've had to, that I'm able to overcome. Yeah. I truly believe that every experience that we face is a challenge greater than every one in the past. And it, it is not one that we cannot overcome. It's never one that God's never going to throw you something that you, you cannot, yeah. you can't bear. Mm. It's one that you can overcome and it's good. It's got to be hard so that you grow mm. and you have to go because once you climb this hill, there's going to be another bigger hill on the other side mm. that you are now specifically ready to overcome because you overcame this challenge. Source, Ricky, source, just source, source. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so carrying that belief with me doesn't make me question my mm. faith or whether God is when I'm going through a difficult time because I know that that difficult time is going to make me better. Yeah, stronger, ready for the next one. <laughs> you know. That's it. Yeah. Final question, Ricky. What is your advice? Because I've met young people. I remember this guy in Sydney. I met this guy in Sydney. What, maybe year 11 at the time, year 10, 11? Very sciencey dude. Probably like you at the time. Um, very, you know, actually, I wanted to, I don't know if you've heard about this Aquinas um, five ways uh, of, of, of trying uh. to explain, oh, trying to explain God without the Bible, not just all from the, for the brain. By the way, I'm trying to engage with this guy, trying to let him know there's actually a God. He doesn't believe one, it's science. How would you, how would you, uh, like, what would be your advice of people who, um, who may be in that that junction, you know, that that place of like, listen, I love science. Science is just this God thing. I can't explain. My parents are Catholic. My parents are Indian. My parents are Nigerian, and they mm. just got. But how do I? Is is evolution? What is this? What is that? The Genesis, <laughs> whatever. How do you like? What's your advice for people or young people who are in that in that space right now at the moment? Um, on the when they on the precipice of science or religion, you mean? Yep. Okay. Kind of. <laughs> Yeah, so there, there's this book came out, um, when was it, in 2006, called The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins, and it was, oh, yeah. and it was huge. Yeah, like it, was, it, became very, it became very famous because it was criticising, you know, the way God is. And in response to that, not um, from a religious person, there was another book released after that called The Science Delusion by oh, cool. someone named Rupert Sheldrake. And it is something that I always think about. And uh, it basically picks apart the central dogmas and tenets of, of science as we know it today mm -hmm. and why it is inherently problematic just the same way the God delusion did, right? And, like, if you read it, you, it's like, you might question everything in science. And, and so you have to take it with a grain of salt because wow. this author, you know, he's got his own theory that he wants to put forward. And, you know, it, it sounds pretty good, but like and there may theory. be a basis to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's a theory. We yeah. don't know. But fundamentally, I think what's important in that is um, the way he goes about it and what he says. And we can't put our faith in worldly things. 
Yeah. Because yeah. so one of the things he talks about in the science delusion is that everything we have from Western medicine and science in the modern day is very much based materialistically. Right? There's it's it's all based in in the physical world. Like there's no aspect. And he talks about this idea of um, you know, just things that are considered ridiculous, like yeah. like telepathy and and yeah. um, you know, paranormal activity and stuff. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, then the issue in science is that we tend to be dismissive of it, but then we don't go ahead and study it or, or look for the phenomena because we just say that's silly, it's not real. Mm. But that's like paradoxical of science. You know, we that's, like that's yeah. That's the you, whole idea. Because, yeah. And so like one of the things he talks about is um is uh, telepathy between like a mother and a son. And so he gives this example of this actually st- like this study that they, scientific study that they conducted where there was this mum and a son, I think, who was um, blind and deaf. Mm. And when they put them together in the same room, they would show him a picture of a number. And when the mum was in the same room, the chances of him getting it right over many trials was significantly higher. So then they took the mum out of the room and it would, and then him guessing the number correctly was back to normal, like, you know, one out of 10 because it was like 10 numbers. And then they then put them into separate rooms, the mum and the son, and showed them the same number and the chances of him getting it correct was significantly higher again. Wow. Right? Exactly. (laughs) And then um, they would show them different numbers and, again, it would be back to random. And, and and so, like, that's an example of how they scientifically studied something that we tend to be initially very dismissive, dismissive of. Yeah. And it's one of many concepts that he speaks into this. I'm not plugging this book. I just like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rupert yeah. Schlundek, if you're out there. <laughs> but um, but I, I think what it has to offer is the idea that we cannot truly put our faith in anything in the world too much other than God, but God is not of this world. And, mm. and it's because of our faith that, that that carries us, you know, and I was um, with one of my colleagues the other day and, and uh, she was like, we were just talking about our emotions and stuff and how we express them. And then we ended up talking about whether um, she thinks I would express my emotions um, honestly, if I was going through a bad time. Mm. And um, this is what she said. She's like, no, you just, you know, you're just happy all the time, but you're religious, so uh, like whatever. Uh, and since then, I'm I've been thinking. I'm like, how does that make sense? If you're saying that I am religious and that that makes me happy all the time, why wouldn't you do it? Yes, why aren't you religious? <laughs> yes, exactly. If that's your logic, why wow. wouldn't you follow it? Wow. You know, and um, again, yeah, yeah, like so. So that's what I'd say. I'd say look at all the resources out there. You know, mm. we. My, um, we can use our faith to understand science more, which is the first thing we start talking about, and yes. our science and to uh, yes. understand our faith more. Ricky, we should have a show together called Faith in Science on the radio or a podcast Dude, or something. I would love that. You know, <laughs> this, this is... has been something on my mind. So something I would, I'm really interested in maybe starting up is, is like using exactly that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and especially like using neuroscience to explore a lot of these things because – you know, our seven sacraments yeah. when you look at them and, wow. um, you know, so many different parts of it 
like uh like prayer and meditation mm. and mindfulness mm. uh, and they're coming out in the in the secular world secular as like world. the yeah. individual component like oh there's mindfulness there's meditation there's this there's contemplation this, or whatever. That. Mm. yeah and but they're all parts of this one big whole which i think it's not specific to catholicism but every religion has it's mm -hmm. a way of life that mm. dictates and disciplines you to live a certain way so that you rise to become your best version you yeah. fulfill your maximum potential yeah. and but i think we what i've seen i suppose is people just go seek it in piece by piece and no one wants to commit to anything that makes yeah. a lot of sense to like, like you're trying to like get that part there, that part there, that part there, but you don't want, there's so much, it's like, an, it's like the, what is it, that tip of the iceberg? There's so much more yeah. that you can actually gravitate to. I guess it's that fear, again, that fear of commitment. You know, young people are very scared to commit or to surrender, you know, yes. <laughs> to religion. Yes. But we should, Ricky, thank you so much for making time. I honestly appreciate you. This is, I don't know why. I've known you for like years and I haven't had a conversation with you. Like, how should I? I know, right? I was thinking the same thing when you reached out to me. I was like, I was so excited to have a chat with you. Thanks, man. Honestly, and this is this is the start of many. You know, I'll have you again at some point for something on the show and on the radio. And But keep yeah, doing and, you, man. Well, we're going to start our own show yes, as well. Yes, so. absolutely. <laughs> keep doing you. Keep smiling. Keep being happy. And keep making people ask that question. Why are you happy? I told them, yeah, it's my faith. And then. You know? That's it, yeah. yeah. No, thanks, man. Because God's awesome. on my side. Why shouldn't I, I be happy? <laughs> speak, speak. Thanks, thanks so much for having Appreciate me, John. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. See ya. Bye-bye. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys, for listening to the Faith in the Everyday podcast. Just remember that the interviews on this podcast originally air on the Good Morning Show on Radio Maria Australia every weekday at 8 a.m. Check us out. God bless.